a lot of people remember color. That's what sticks with them when creating a brand. And it's your, a lot of people think about the logo and the color. And yes, your brand is made of much more than that. But if you can focus on nailing down the direction of the feel these colors create mm-hmm. and what they kind of represent, I think that you have a really good foundation for creating a brand for yourself. You're listening to The Brands That Book Show, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want practical tips and strategies to build engaging brands and craft high-converting websites. We're your hosts, Davey and Krista, co-founders of a brand and website design agency specializing in visual brand design and show-it websites. You're listening to The Brands That Book Show. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Dave and Krista designer, Sarah Metzger. Sarah's been a part of our team for nearly five years, and she's the genius behind many of the custom brands we create. Today, we're walking you through the exact process we use to define aesthetics and ultimately create color palettes for our clients. Whether you're DIYing your own brand, elevating your brand, or you're a designer looking to offer a better experience for your client, this episode is full of practical tips to streamline the process. And if you want to watch me actually put these steps into practice with a real client's answers, head to davianchrista.com slash brand questionnaire. And now on to the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. I just asked you before we hopped on this call, whether you've been on the podcast before, because you've been part of our team for quite a while. You were like the genius behind so many of our brands on the team (laughs) that come out of Davey and Krista and social graphics. And I can't believe that it's taken us this long to get you on the podcast. While I would love to show initiative and speak, this gets me nervous. Oh, you like to be behind the scenes. I like to be creative behind the scenes and not really show my face, but I am happy to be here. So mm-hmm. thank you. So Davey and I have known Sarah since high school, middle school. school. We grew up with Sarah and her husband, Steve. We all did Young Life together in high school. So we've known Sarah a really long time. And you are one of the funniest people I know. Your husband, thank Steve, you. is also really funny. Um <laughs> Where were your first wedding? Yes, you guys, when I was, if you don't know, I used to be a wedding photographer and Steve and Sarah were the very first wedding that I ever photographed and I had no idea what I was doing. And you did a fantastic job. Thank you for taking a chance on me. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) So today we are talking about color palettes and how we create color palettes for the brands that we create and also for the websites that we create because some people come to us just are doing website design, but they still don't have a color palette. So we're going to dive into what we look for, how we put together. And then if you want like a jumpstart on all of this, we have a new free resource that you can grab. We'll link to it in the show notes, but it's the exact brand questionnaire that we send our clients. It's a breakdown Mm -hmm. that I go through teaching you like the theory behind each of the questions that we ask. And then you see me actually put together a mood board with all of the examples and sources. So You'll see everything that Sarah and I are going to talk about today in action. And so maybe it'll give you a jumpstart on your brand. Or if you're another designer like who just wants a little help, that could also be helpful. Yeah. Okay. So like I just mentioned, every brand that we create starts with our branding questionnaire. So I'd love for you to chat about some of the places that you look for inspiration when you're starting to think through the mood board and then eventually the color palette. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love our brand questionnaire so much. The first thing I do is read that in its entirety mm-hmm. to really get a feel for our client, to understand the business history, 
why they do what they do, the name, their audience, all that. And then I really start to dive into them, the client. And first thing I think I do after reading the questionnaire is I check out their Instagram feed, their Mm -hmm. Facebook, their website, and I look at their current imagery, like on their feed or on their website. And that really does give me a feel for what direction we're going. Right. And lots of times, in many cases, they want to just elevate themselves. So that really Mm -hmm. is a nice base for me Yeah, to go on and feel their aesthetic from there. And then, I mean, sometimes there are cases where they want a total brand revamp almost, and they want to go in a totally different direction. Yeah. From like what you see on their current website or their Instagram. Right. Yeah. Where do you look? a little bit harder. Yeah. Where do you look in those instances? Well, so sometimes they don't even have a social media too, Mm -hmm. and that kind of makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah. That's when I really reference, I go back and look at each question of our brand questionnaire Mm -hmm. and their response. And one of the questions that we have on there is, you know, describe your, the client avatar and their, like who they are, where they shop, what they do for their career. And then I really start to get a a feel from there. It's funny. They say like what they hang on their walls or what they read or what's on their bookshelves. And that really is so helpful for me to have that imagery in my head. Yeah. And then I get to pull from there. Yeah. I feel Um, like somebody is going to have a really different brand if they say that like their walls are filled with family photos, maybe black and white, timeless photos versus someone who really loves like Monet and impressionist art or more abstract art or think what else, like vintage, like found art. Yes. Travel posters Mm -hmm. versus like family travels or like black and white imagery really helps me. When they say I really want black and white imagery, Mm -hmm. immediately I think of it can go in two directions, very family oriented, very loving, warm, or we want high end. And so that really starts to kind of point me in the direction of which way we're going with the colors and the imagery I'm going to pull. Yeah. What about like where they shop? Like, how do you use that information to find imagery and colors? Yeah. It's funny. And it's also really cool to look at the collective, like who shops where and Anthropology does come up a lot. It does. <laughs> or Pottery Barn. And if you look at those two, for instance, Pottery Barn is very kind of put together and buttoned up. Yeah. But has like a, a little bit of a relaxed feel too in mm-hmm. a lot of their products. But Anthropology is like a little bit more free and fun and funky. And mm-hmm. I start to think about a lot of color there. While the color palette for Pottery Barn, for instance, is limited, warm and inviting and softer. Yeah. I feel like you can even go into some of their products and like look at the color swatches that they have in there. And that might give you a good idea of colors. And so I think that's why we always ask about who your ideal client is, because the more that you can hone in on an actual person and think about how they spend their free time, what is important to them, what they already are surrounding themselves with, it's going to be Mm -hmm. so much easier to develop a brand that is going to appeal to that ideal person. Because ultimately, when we're creating brands, we're not so much creating them for our clients. Like, yes, we want them to love them, but hopefully like we're creating it for their ideal clients to love. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because when you read a lot of our questions, 
they say, I don't know really how I'm supposed to answer this. Am I answering it for myself or for my clients? And I tend to read what they say for their clients. Right. Um, that's who they're representing. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And I mean, when we were photographers, we realized pretty early on that our ideal clients were not necessarily us. Maybe they were a little more me, more me than like Davey. <laughs> and this is because when we were, we ended up like our photography careers, like fairly high-end photographers, but yet mm-hmm. Davey always had a bag of Sour Patch Kids in his camera bag and he wanted to get Wawa on the way to the shoot. And <laughs> as soon as we got home, he put on his sweatpants with holes in them and then yep. his like go-to on the way home. And I feel like it, we got to a point where our clients even knew this was in McFlurry. Like sometimes we went to multiple at McDonald's to find oh him like goodness. a very specific flavor of McFlurry. But like we didn't put any of that on our website because that would not have appealed to our clients. So we weren't Absolutely. trying to create a brand that was Davy. And I think it was more like trying to create a brand that was more ideal clients. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Do you have any like really strong examples of brands that you've worked on recently that you could give us an example, like of a a client avatar that really stood out to you and help you develop something unique? Mm, Okay. Let me think about this. I Maybe Cafe Pronto. I was just thinking about that. Okay. So I absolutely love their brand and they're fun. And I really related to it. It actually kind of I always have these ideal clients in my head that I Mm -hmm. love to design for. And so they were, I think, definitely one of them where they gave us a little bit of leeway on our end. Mm -hmm. But what they described was they were Italy-based, so Italian influence, fun, inviting. They wanted to gather around a table, sit Mm -hmm. and talk with friends, but... One of the things that they described in their questionnaire was they, I actually love that they did this because it was exactly what I had in mind for them, mm-hmm. was they wanted a punchy red. Right. They didn't, they didn't know any other colors. We were elevating their brand from what they had. So we were already working with a blue color, but they wanted a punchy red. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they said, can you gather what you know from what we've described in our brand? Right. And I was thinking exactly a punchy, like orangish red color. And I, I loved the direction they were going. So I think uh, that when I think Italy, I think like pizza sauce, like red sauce. I think like those little red, I think they have one of these cars, a Fiat. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fiat. Just like, they kind of look like a Volkswagen Beetle, but way more Italian and way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was fun to see all of that together. Absolutely. I immediately thought of the blue of the sea, against some of the white and cream buildings Mm -hmm. and then the red that is in a lot of the local shops signage. And so I was pulling from that immediately and they wanted to keep things local. And so that kind of went in line with the small shops of Italy, a small town feel, gathering, comforting, fun, a little quirky. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of fun to create their brand. So I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a branding questionnaire to work on a mood board, I often just start putting some of the words that they're saying into Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Or like if they say anthropology is where their client would shop or Madewell, I might go to that 
company's Instagram and see what kind of visuals are there. Absolutely. And I feel like just with all of that searching, sometimes I stumble on other inspiration sources that they may not have referenced or that I may not have referenced. Like, especially on Pinterest, if you type in like anthropology, like maybe you go to their their boards and like maybe you find an image that you really like and you click on it. But then if you scroll down, that takes you to other mm-hmm. images that are related. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I find really cool things that way. Is your process similar? Absolutely. That's exactly how I do it. I also think just my travels have really influenced what I pull. I love Charleston. And so, and a lot of our clients reference Charleston. So Mm -hmm. I just have a lot of little shops that I love there or artists that I love there. And so I pull a lot from there. With Pinterest, I've actually kind of made a personal private board called mood board images that I just see along the way too, and I pin them for possible use in our clients' color palettes and mood boards. And that's always something I reference in cases also where I'm not given much information or we want to go in a totally different direction. And yeah, I pull from their imagery. This is, I don't know if we're kind of going off on this, but if I really don't have a lot I bank on their, hopefully we ask them to provide their own Pinterest Mm -hmm. private board too. So I go on that or I pull from their Instagram and I even like looked at their tagged images and see Mm -hmm. who follows them or because that usually kind of is in the same realm of who their client is and who likes them. Yeah, Yeah. Those are all good ideas. I also have a secret Pinterest board that I, like you, I just save design examples or patterns or like fonts or things that stand out to me. And sometimes you just need to go through that and just see what maybe pops out at you. Because one thing I think we both try to include in these mood boards is maybe like a hint at fonts. And like the fonts are by no means final at this point. It's really just like pointing out would do a hand-drawn script. Would that fit with your aesthetic? Or would mm-hmm. a clean sand sour fork better? Because I feel like that also gives a client kind of an idea of where we're going to go with the brand. And it also kind of tells us if they're going to like that or if they're not going to like that. Yeah. It also breaks up the visual of the mood board too. It does. When you have picture after picture after picture, it kind of can get busy. Mm-hmm. And so throwing in a typeface in there that on the color background that that we right. want to include really helps lots of times putting in there a drawing or like a sketch illustration mm-hmm. within the mood board really helps break it up, give it some breathing room, but also, you know, it's very in line with where they want to go and the direction they want for their brand. Yeah. I think that the artwork can really help break stuff up, like you mentioned too. And that is mm-hmm. one of the questions that we ask people, like what kind of art hangs on their walls and we'll look for artists. And then I think that our team members also typically have a lot of artists that we follow, just like being designers. And so mm-hmm. we always reference from there too. So once we have like a good pool of images to choose from, what is the next step in the process? Okay. So I like to gather those images and sort of, if I already have an idea of the direction of colors I want to go mm-hmm. in, I sort of start choosing images with those same colors or brightness or, you know, warm tones. Right. And then start to include those. In many ways, I also will look at the client's 
own images Mm -hmm. if I really want another color. And I will screenshot their Instagram feed and I'll pull it into Photoshop and I'll do like a glossy and blur on it. And then I'll pull colors from there, like what really sticks out. So I'll do that. And also, I mean, like if I find, for instance, and we've done this a couple of times, a typeface that I really want to include that really speaks to their brand or Mm -hmm. the direction they want to go. And maybe it's on a different background that we don't really want to include in their board color. I will change that in Photoshop. I've done that too, Um, or like made it black and white. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So you're not necessarily stuck to exactly what you find on the internet or Mm -hmm. on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, I typically, I try to source like 20 to 30 like starter reference images. And then I open all of them up in Photoshop at the same time, which probably gives some people anxiety to have that many tabs open. And then I (laughs) I open my tabs. I work 72 tabs up all for inspiration. (laughs) I have a lot too. Maybe it's just a designer thing. Anyway, I then open up my Photoshop PSD mood board template that we all use. You can grab this too in our free download. And I start to just copy images into the file and place them in. And like you said, kind of see what fits together, alternating image types, like busy but less busy, including some examples of their work, including some examples of typography and colors. And then from there, I like, I think like you, I like to eye drop colors mm-hmm. from the actual images. And it, and you don't always get that like a hundred percent right. Sometimes like mm-hmm. you'll be going for a green and you have to tweak your green a little bit too, but I think it is a good starting point. Absolutely. Two things you said, including their imagery that they already have, or they already own. Mm-hmm. I really like to do that and put that in their mood board, at least two to three images. Yeah. One, because it shows them well, they recognize it immediately. Oh, that's mine. And like, this is my mood board. Yeah. But two, it kind of shows that we've dug deeper and we are pulling from what they have produced. Mm-hmm. And these images, especially to us, kind of represent the direction we're going to go with them. Because it's like this direction, like also automatically works with your brand. I think it yes. helps them visualize it like you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you ever use any like other color palette generators? Like I know there are a lot of online generators. Lots of times in the brand questionnaire, they'll say, I want citrus tones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't know about. So I will type in like citrus tones just Mm -hmm. to get an idea online, just to get an idea of, you know, what Google has to say about what are citrus tones. And I have my idea of what they are, but maybe there are a few others that I can pull. Right. Or... I usually like to include, I don't know, it can range up to like six to eight to 10 colors for mm-hmm. their color palette. And those colors can be distributed in different ways. And I think we're going to talk about that. But sometimes I have, you know, six colors already. I want to add a few more. Mm-hmm. And so I go on Google and I'm like, what looks good with a emerald green? Right. Or it really also kind of influences the color palette from how they've described their brand. So Mm -hmm. if they say, you know, I want a warm, welcoming atmosphere, I want something that's inviting, but they're going in like a green direction, I will tend to go tonal. So maybe they have their green and then I'm going to do a lighter green and Mm -hmm. maybe I'm going to do a muted green and maybe I'm going to do a super deep green for background colors or text or, you know, something like that. So I really... 
I'm pulling from all these sources to Mm -hmm. try and figure out, you know, which direction we're going to go with these colors and remembering, you know, what they put in their brand questionnaire versus how their images look online already. Do they match up? Do you ever use like Adobe has a color generator tool online. Do you ever use those or do you find that they're not helpful? I do in cases where I'm like, oh, I don't know what else to do, you know? (laughs) And that has been helpful. But for the most part, I kind of just stick to, you know, what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have been really working so far. You know, that human element behind all of it, I think really, I'm taking so many things into consideration when I'm choosing your colors. Right. Versus you know, something that's automated will do. Sometimes I will take a color. Like if I know there's a color I really like and Adobe Illustrator has these color palette generators built in. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you can do like complementary tones and analogous tones. And there's like a a bunch of different options there. And I feel like sometimes it helps me find like a good brighter color or a good lighter complementary color just to vary a palette a bit more. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned this a little bit, but are there some tones or colors that you always include when you're doing a mood board? I like to include usually a darker color, a black or a charcoal, probably for text for their website right. or for other print materials they would want to use. I usually go with a lighter tone too, a super lighter tone, maybe a cream or a white Sometimes they have included on their brand questionnaire that they do want to go black and white. So I do put that in there. Right. But to elevate that a little bit more, I like, let's say we want to go black and white, then I will throw a cream in there. It feels elevated too. Mm -hmm. It still really complements the black and white. You know, it gives a deeper tone to the color palette. Mm -hmm. But I also consider everything that they're going to be using this color palette for, right? for their website, for their print materials, for their social. So I keep that in mind and I choose colors that they can use for their backgrounds Mm -hmm. or, you know, their website, a highlight color, something that's going to catch their eye on the website, Mm -hmm. a complimentary color. Maybe they need a call to action color for their social and, you know, they use it for their button. So, you know, having a color that's going to really like catch your eye for that, you know, I consider all of that when creating the color palette. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really helps if they list it. A lot of our clients do in the brand questionnaire, and it's super helpful that they include that within the process. And that's always a starting point for me Mm -hmm. because they probably are not thinking. I need a button color. (laughs) Exactly. They're probably not thinking about any of that. They know, for instance, how to sell pastries and ice cream. Mm -hmm. And we're there to help with everything else. Right. So I make sure that there's also a lot of wiggle room too. I think of you when creating the websites or I think of what their logo is going to look like on the website. And lots of times, If they really want a lighter color palette in general, we'll do that for the mood board, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to 100% stick to those colors. Yeah. Um, I think that we've found a lot of times in the process, if their color palette is like really light and soft, for example, like you can't do a really soft light logo and still have it be readable. Can't see it. And we do the test of lowering our screen to black to be able to see 
will this logo, you know, can you see it on your computer? Because we don't know the brightness or the darkness that people are looking at their phones or their computer Mm -hmm. at. So if they do a very soft, lighter color palette, we will definitely grab from those colors, but maybe tone it down a little bit and make it a deeper tone of whatever those colors are Mm -hmm. for your logo. Yeah. I think that one thing we've realized is that you can't be married to the initial color palette just because sometimes it does need to be tweaked a little bit in the design process. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just as long as we, we meaning us and the client are happy with the direction we're going, we can move forward. Do you think that this is a process that somebody could do for themselves, even if they're not a designer or do you think it'd be hard? I think they definitely could, Right. you know, pick up these different things, but it honestly takes a lot of practice um, (laughs) for us. But I think listening to us talk about this Mm -hmm. or trying it out for themselves, using our resources and stuff, I think that they absolutely can try. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really good to listen to what we're considering in the design process, not only the colors, but what goes into that and what these colors could possibly be used for. But absolutely. I mean, try it and consider everything. Consider background, consider Mm -hmm. logo, consider text color, consider, you know, something that's going to grab your attention. Yeah. I think that if you have a brand new brand or you're just getting started, if you just don't have like the budget right now to invest in a brand, this is definitely something that you could do for yourself. Like we said, we have a free resource that you can grab our exact brand and questionnaire, watch me walk through it, and then actually put a mood board together. And that might be a really good start for you. Even if you are going to work with a designer later in the process, like later in your business, this might give you a firm foundation and help you to figure out just how to guide your designer and how to make decisions. It can feel super overwhelming if you're at that point, but starting out by pulling colors, pulling images, and just focusing on that right away and then maybe plugging them into the mood board template that we have and just focusing on that step at a time, right. I think is more digestible than like, oh, I'm starting a new brand and I like this and I want to market this and I want to put this out there. But the color, when you have that base, that's a huge starting Point, a huge mm-hmm. foundational jumping off point. I mean, a lot of people remember color. That's what sticks with them when creating a brand. And it's your, a lot of people think about the logo and the color. And yes, your brand is made of much more than that. But if you can focus on nailing down the direction of the feel these colors create mm-hmm. and what they kind of represent, I think that you have a really good foundation for starting off and updating or creating a brand for yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me, Sarah. Davey's going to laugh when he sees that we talked about colors for over 30 minutes. (laughs) This was a lot of fun though, I will say. My anxiety now. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast again soon because I feel like there are so many just different designer things that we could get into and nerd out about. And I really appreciate you sharing all of your design wisdom. Thanks, Krista. This was fun. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands of Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this episode with others. 
for show notes and other resources, head on over to DavianKrista.com.